The following is a collection of highlights and quotes from the guest of season three. Each quote lends insight into the conversation that we had, but obviously does not paint a full picture of what was at hand. If you would like to hear more about our conversation, or listen, I should say, you can check out the description below where the timestamp and episode are listed. I hope you enjoy the following and tune in for more in this upcoming season. Thank you. Both parties have an incentive to say, hey, we're not going to compromise with these other guys and their terrible ideas. We yeah. are going to pat we're going to wait because the next election we got a real chance to get all three to get the trifecta when we do we're going to go with our policies um well that's you know proof problematic but you know one of the things that i kind of point to a lot that i've dubbed the the polarization industrial complex um Hmm. you know there is power and, and money to be made in keeping us polarized and so we see it every day like we have to smash this idea that, you know, the acquisition of power and money through polarizing mechanisms. The usual suspects in American politics who would normally be backing their saint Trudeau, they're taking it out on him and saying this is this is a bridge too far. And, and uh, you know, I, the, the craziest one was Ilhan Omar tweeting about the, how uh, it's unacceptable, uh, the use of force in Ottawa and that uh, Canadian media was doxing people who had donated to the trucker cause. And she found that to be unacceptable. When you've got progressive icon Ilhan Omar not on your side, and you purport to be a progressive icon, that's problematic. Was I sort of found my niche doing what I did with the KKK, I then began, it became my specialty in British newspapers to do these kinds of infiltrations especially extremist groups. Um, So I I had violent anarchists, they were called class war anarchists, bent on violence, and uh, some neo-Nazi groups as well. And I floated back and forth since I was freelance. I did work for the Sunday People, the News of the World, uh, and also the Sunday Mirror doing these kinds of investigations. But the Chinese uh, social credit score is fascinating. The way you dress, how you behave, who you hang out with, if you fail to show up for a reservation you made for a restaurant, if you get bad grades in school, if you're reported by somebody as being uh, you know, problematic, if you've ever had any kind of run-in with the police, particularly for political things, but even for things like you know, just getting in a fight in the street or something, um, you, you drank too much in a bar and got loud. Um, these things reduce your social credit score and your social credit score then is determined, is used to determine whether your children can get into a good school whether you can get into a decent university or college, whether you can get a good job, whether whether or not a dating service will allow you to, online dating is a big thing in China, whether a dating service will allow you, you know, will carry you. And I think that the media really wants everything to be black or white. Either Joe Rogan said the N-word and so he's a racist, or he said this about vaccines and he's spreading misinformation. And if you, kind of question the gray area that that might fall into, you're also labeled a racist and a this. And they're kind of fostering this environment where people feel really unsafe to discuss certain topics. And I think that really concerns me. I think regardless of what aisle or what end of the political spectrum you fall on, any atmosphere that's trying to silence people 
that's trying to make you feel uncomfortable discussing a certain topic, I think that that's something everybody should be really concerned about. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, the extent to which it's sort of reasonable to expect people to take training, right? It shouldn't, it shouldn't unduly burden people. Otherwise, what's the point? Is the mm -hmm. point to discourage people or is it to educate people? Yes. Ex and so, mm -hmm. yeah, so we really need to make sure that we are putting whatever structures we're putting in place, that there's an, uh, there's a justifiable reason for doing that. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we might be overstretching. What I will do is go back to Columbine and um, Columbine really made a, 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 a difference in the way that local law enforcement conducted business with active shooters because the old mindset was to contain the threat and then during columbine while they were busy containing the threat uh, Klebold and his buddy were walking around killing people so that okay then it's like okay well we're busy containing the threat these guys are walking around shooting people. so that really changed the way that SWAT teams and everybody else did business they started going more into a mindset of uh, attack the attack. But the point I'm making is about presidential communications is that presidents, they get corrected because they make mistakes, but sometimes they didn't make a mistake. And other times they, they said what was on their mind. Mm -hmm. And and we need to know what a president is on a president's mind, whatever we privately think of it as reporters. The other thing is that, you know, in Biden's case, well, and this was true in the Reagan administration, it's true in every administration. There are tensions within the administration because there's people, there's not a unanimity usually on these important questions. I suspect from hearing this ambivalence between Biden and his press secretary that there's a there's a dis argument going on within the administration, as there should be. As what we what do we do about Russia and Ukraine? There have been red lines set up in that part of the world, and the red lines for many years were the lines that defined the Warsaw Pact and NATO. When um, the Soviet Union came to an end, these lines began to be re redrawn rather quickly. And so they were they were redrawn and, and they, they contracted considerably around the former Soviet Union, which became Russia. What what Putin is trying to do is, is he's trying to redraw them again. And my guess is if the consequences were elaborated and the extension of that question was to those who said, yes, I support a no-fly zone. Well, would you support a no-fly zone if it got into a shooting war with Russia? Then the numbers would drop, I think, pretty significantly.